0: Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen post on Tumblr.
1: I'm joined with Guile. Hi, I'm Guile, Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr. Eon. Hi, this is Eon and I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr.
2: Comma. Hi, this is Comma and you can find me at Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. And returning guest, Doxa. Hi, this
3: is Doxa. I'm Doxa and Molly on Tumblr. Just glad they let me come back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Always, Always in had a riffraff.
0: And in the riffraff. Oh, God. I don't know. That's. Oh, I, I kind of think we're riffraffy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> or
0: I for myself. Sorry, team. Okay. Um, so we're going to finish off Cersei. Um, but an ending it is. Before we do that, I should probably say we are covering the final Cersei chapter. This is Cersei 2 from A Dance with Dragons. So be warned, there will be spoilers for the Song of Ice and Fire books and possibly for the Game of Thrones show. Trigger warnings for a discussion of sexual violence in this one. Um, Cersei is restless in her cell. It's a punishment Kevin has assured her is the only way she can save herself. She's anxious at the memory of the bread riots and how the gold cloaks were unable to hold back the crowds. Her thoughts turn to Tommen and Jamie. and she thinks if only he had not lost his hand. I couldn't help but notice she didn't really dwell too much on Jamie, though, like worried about him. It was just She just seemed to be kind of worried for her own sake. Like, he's gone. No one knows where he is. I guess she's got her own problems, to be fair. She's got her own problems. (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) And the most important to Cersei is Cersei.
2: Right. Although, in this case, I really can't fault her. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, these are pretty big problems she's got right now. Yeah. She's got this idealized vision of
0: him, though. I kind of like the... The lines that George wrote. She's like imagining him as a, a knight golden in the mist and it's very romantic. She has uh, her three septas tending to her um, and some silent sisters that enter the cell. The sisters freak her out because they are for the dead. Septa Unella reassures her that no harm will come. They proceed to shear Cersei bald everywhere. When it's done, Cersei let out Let's out a bitter laugh. Septa Sc- Scolera asks if she's finding this amusing. And she thinks no. Um, well, she says no, Septa. But then she thinks, but one day I will have your tongue ripped out with hot pincers. Ugh. And that will be hilarious.
4: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I
0: don't know. I kind of have to admire the fight, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: I, you know what? I I hate... This was a really hard chapter to read. It was a hard chapter to read the very first time I read it in every successive time. This is not what I want. I wanted her to get her come up in so bad, but I hate what this is. I hate, I mean, I hate these evil septas. I mean, because they are evil. They're enjoying her pain, the, you know, the the crimes that they're punishing her for. It's so... This is not right.
3: Yeah, punishing her for the wrong things, really. Like, of all the things to punish her for, like, that's it? This is what they
2: come up with? Yeah. I think the scariest
0: bit about it, too, is setting up a precedence, right? You can kind of see which way the wind's blowing, and this kind of thing could become quite common easily.
2: Yeah. And and it's what they, I mean, it's misogyny, pure and simple, that she's Mm -hmm. being punished for all this stuff. You don't see them doing this to the
4: men. No. Didn't they do this to the High Septon, or is that only in the show?
2: I think that's only in the show. Yeah, that's only in the
4: show. And I mean, she's,
2: uh, you know, all these other men are accused of sleeping with her. They've admitted to it. She's at, do we see them? I mean, are we ever going to see men walking naked through the streets?
1: I don't think so.
4: Uh -uh. Men would enjoy it too much.
1: Probably. Uh, let's
0: see. So Cersei's given a a white robe, but is denied sandals when she asks. A dozen warrior's sons await her, including the captain and Lancel. And my god, the gods help Lancel if Cersei is ever in a position to get her revenge on him.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's likely. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Just reading this whole chapter, I'm just like, if ever Wins of Winter comes out, it, it's gonna, she's gonna get everybody back.
4: Mm-hmm. But it's really temporary.
1: Oh, you think so? Why do you yeah. say that?
4: Well, I mean, we'll get to that. I think in the epilogue. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs>
0: no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so outside the doors of the Sept, um, we have. Cersei enjoying some fresh King's Landing air. Ugh. And, uh, she realized that, that she's on, standing on the spot where Eddard Stark had lost his head. And, uh, she remembers that it was a decision Joffrey made on his own. And then there's also a bit about Sansa and how Cersei had considered, considered marrying her off to Lancel, perhaps. And then she remembers how Littlefinger offered to wed
2: her himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's a giant. That's a giant
4: hint right there that. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, but I thought it was. In- Go ahead. I, just, I thought it was interesting that she was the whole Lancel Sansa thing because I was thinking like, you know, Sansa would have been far more unhappy with Lancel than she ever was with Tyrion because Lancel still would have. He would have and bullied he, her
2: and treated her like because he was, and that was one of right. Wasn't she offered the choice, and she was just like, you know. He was one of the people who was, and even in the show they showed this, you know, when Joffrey was humiliating her in front of the court, he was joining in with that.
4: Right. Like he kind of wants to be one of the cool kids, one of the cool Lannisters. So I mean, he would have always been a toady to Cersei. And also, and she never I mean, could have respected him.
2: Cersei mentions like she would have made her a good marriage. Okay. Lancel, uh, okay. Arguably that's, that's not pretty. I mean, too, it's, it's not but terrible, William and Martin. I'm like their second and third sons. What the hell? To a second son, no right. less. That is not a. I mean, Sansa that is a not a great match there. I mean, no, it would have been because they would have been equal in age and probably not so stupid. But
4: I mean, in uh, reality, Tywin gave her the best match. <laughs>
2: And a whole bunch of shippers just got real happy hearing you say that. But, yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you know, I prefer Willis with, you know, I, that seems like that would have been a good match on, on, like, an emotional and a political level. But, you know, I mean, on a political level, Tyrion, it's a pretty high match.
3: Yeah, I'll agree to Willis, yeah. actually. Like, of all of the matches, he's the only one that I'm actually, like, okay with. <laughs>
2: But yeah, well, and she's the oldest son. I mean, she's the yeah. oldest daughter of this ancient family. So, fobbing her off to somebody's second son's
4: third oh, yeah. kid no. is
2: not, yeah.
0: Well, you gotta admit, you love you gotta love the fact that George threw this bit in here because it kind of gets your wheels spinning too, like. Mm the idea of Littlefinger and Sansa and like, this is where Littlefinger was obviously really pissed off. Right. Well,
4: except do you think that, I mean, I always sort of thought Littlefinger egged um, Joffrey on to do it. Oh, I think he did. Oh,
0: I think oh, yeah. he totally so this did. was like
4: his hedge. If it, if Joff didn't do it, he would have. I don't think, I think,
2: I think he was planning on Ned. If Ned didn't get killed off by Joffrey, there would have been a big accident on the way to the wall.
4: I would have been, um, like, so much shit on the way to the wall, like little yeah no, trying but to I kill the bed, trying to escape. Like for me, I would have been so much. <laughs> but for
2: me, what this? I mean, first of all, that this pervy, pervy man, who's God knows how many decades older than Sansa, is willing to marry an eleven-year-old girl is just like ew.
4: But well, it's yeah, not even that, just for like a you know benevolent like protector <laughs> kind of way, in like a creepy way. Like yeah, a,
2: I mean, not like, oh, way. you know, we'll wait five years, and then we'll, no, he was, yeah, it's just
4: disgusting. He'd be like checking the sheets every morning. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. Style. <laughs> get out. <laughs> get, get out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's amazing when you can outgross George. Like, that's always kind of a goal, isn't it? <laughs> 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 still a pat on the back. <laughs> I did it.
0: Try yourself to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh Septimuel announces Cersei as a singer sinner who begs for absolution and forgiveness, commanded to demonstrate her repentance, presenting herself before the city naked as the day she arrived. Cersei's thoughts turn to her grandfather's mistress at Casterly Rock. And I of course have selected that. Cersei had been a year old when her grandfather died. The first thing her father had done on his ascension was to expel his own father's grasping low-born mistress from Casterly Rock. The silks and velvets Lord Titus had lavished on her and the jewelry she had taken for herself had been stripped from her, and she had been sent forth naked to walk through the streets of Lannisport so the West could see her for what she was. Though she had been too young to witness the spectacle herself, Cersei had heard the stories growing up from the mouths of washerwomen and guardsmen who had been there. They spoke of how the woman had wept and begged, of the desperate way she clung to her garments when she was commanded to disrobe, of her futile efforts to cover her breasts and her sex with her hands as she hobbled barefoot and naked through the streets to exile. Vain and proud she was before, she remembered one guard saying, so haughty, do you think she'd, f- you think she'd forgot she came from dirt? Once we got her clothes off her, though, she was just another whore. If Sir Kevin and his High Sparrow thought that it would be the same with her, they were very much mistaken. Lord Tywin's blood was in her. I am a lioness. I will not cringe for them. Again, gotta admire that Moxie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's mentally preparing herself. You gotta give her that. (laughs) No, I definitely give her that.
2: I... I don't, I can't stand her most. Of, I mean, I love her as a character, but normally she just, and this, after Feast, where I was just wanted to, like, scream all the time, although they were pretty funny chapters. Um, I admire her here. I mean, this is, I mean, she's trying to get any kind of dignity she can, and it's not so much that I'm admiring her for being Cersei. I mean, I'm admiring this woman in this impossible situation about to be, humiliated in a way I mean it's just the misogyny of the 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 faith right now that I have to I mean I have to admire her for not cringing as long as she you know she holds out a long time right to the end welcome yeah spoiler spoiling (laughs)
0: So um, Cersei shrugs off her robe and begins her walk to Aegon's high hill. She reminds herself that she's beautiful. The women yelling whore at her have no have no sweeter joy than jeering at their betters, she thinks. And she also thinks, this will not break my pride. As the walk continues, the streets grow narrower and the crowd more violent. She's pelted with rotten food, beer, eggs, a cooked rat skewer, and a dead cat. <laughs> That was the grossest. I kind of forgot about that dead cat being oh. thrown at her, like a pinata full of maggots.
3: like, rat
0: come Like, ugh. Oh, come yeah.
1: like, ugh.
3: God, George, I'm <laughs> Just... Oh, yeah, you described like, the grease going down her leg and, like, it was only half cooked. <laughs> like, oh, thank you.
2: Bloody and what? greasy. <laughs> well, like, okay, rotten food, you probably have that, you know, you're gonna take it out to the wherever you dump your stuff later, but, I mean, who the hell saves a dead cat? Was it like somebody went, oh, they're gonna parade the queen down the street naked later? I should just hold on to that and pelt it at her. I mean, yeah. well, I know
1: I've been like saving the, this cat like- for well, a y- You gotta think, though, I mean, in ancient times, you know, in King's Landing, I doubt they have a very good waste disposal system, so, I mean... There's trash all over the place. So Sometimes someone's like, "Oh, shit. let's go see what got
2: thrown in the pile of shit—literal yeah. shit." Oh, there's a the dead cat. This is perfect.
4: Yes. You know, it could be like a sports event, though, where like people are getting ready to tailgate like the week before. Like were, <laughs> we're totally ready. Oh this God. is like they're tailgating. They got their kebabs. They got their dead animals, and they're like <laughs> rotten food. They're like set. They're ready to go.
2: Oh man. <laughs> so instead of like, you know, making Grandpappy's like down home barbecue recipe, they're like, We're gonna throw the dead cat That's out of oh, Joneses <laughs> or whatever.
1: Grannies, uh, tomatoes, tomatoes are too <laughs> <laughs> tomatoes are too precious right now. They're trying to keep their tomatoes. <laughs>
4: <laughs> like this As, is, like the biggest event in King's Landing, like the biggest like event in King's Landing for the small folk in probably yeah. like years. Well, since Ned, right? Since yeah. Ned, yeah. But this is like you know in a bigger area. Area, it's like a par- You know, it's like basically it's a parade.
0: It's the queen. This is the biggest thing. Yeah, this is yeah, this is huge. I don't know if I'd be out there with my dead cat though. <laughs>
4: People are freaks. Maybe like a nice like like nice vegetable kebab. I think I can't. I maybe would yell "whore." I don't know if I'd throw any fruit at her. <laughs> I think I would yell like. I don't, I mean, and I'm sure I'd yell something at her. Whatever, I guess, you know, maybe get a chant going.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, people are, cage that was, that was, it's buried in there, but every so often people were shouting out, like, was Mother it someone fucker. shouted out Uh, Stannis and somebody else shouted for someone else and uh, one of the Mother other kings?
4: Fucker. I think oh, I think Marjorie. Like yeah, <laughs> for like a pay your debts chant, like pay your debts. Pay your dad. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, Docs? I
0: missed it.
3: <laughs> oh, I just said Marjorie. I think they they were shouting. Yeah, um, yeah that was one of the names. They're like, like, okay, let's just shout names.
4: <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> let's just shout
1: names, guys.
4: Marjorie, That's better. <laughs>
0: Uh, anyway, as it persists, she tells herself that she's blind and deaf, and they are worms. Um, she falls and then is dragged onwards by Captain Sir Theoden, and Cersei thinks it should have been Jaime beside her. At one point, she cuts her foot and angrily reminds Septa Unella she asked for sandals. The crowd's uh, insults continue. Cersei reminds herself this is her atonement, and soon it will be over. The jeers and shouts grow cruder the closer she gets to aegon's hill as people from flea bottom have pushed their way onto the lower slopes so do you guys oh, go yep. ahead sorry lot oh, i was just going to read a little bit oh did you no want- oh, go ahead okay <clears throat> pigs and naked children were everywhere underfoot, crippled beggars and cut purses swarmed like roaches through the press she saw men whose teeth had been filed into points, hags with goiters as big as their heads, a whore with a huge striped snake draped about her breasts and shoulders, a man whose cheeks and brow were covered with open sores that wept crape us they grinned and licked their lips and hooted at her as she went limping past her breasts heaving with the effort of the climb some shouted obscene proposals others insults Words are wind she thought words cannot hurt me I am beautiful the most beautiful woman in all of Westeros Jamie says so Jamie would never lie to me even Robert Robert never loved me but he saw that I was beautiful
4: I feel like this is a combo of like pride and Mardi Gras and St. Patrick's Day oh. <laughs> <laughs> Only smellier. Far smellier.
1: Have you ever been the? Mardi Gras? Have you ever been on Bourbon Street? I mean, yeah. Even whenever it's not Mardi Gras, it's like that. <laughs> never saw a dead me. cat at Mardi Gras. <laughs> People with snakes. and yeah. <laughs> you know, Snakes, yes. Naked, yes.
2: Naked, yes. <laughs> yeah? I think
3: someone was like, I gotta get my snake out for this!
2: <laughs> dead cat, Same you know, I've never seen it... Well, I haven't been that many times, but...
4: I've seen somebody with a llama do you think like, I'm just envisioning the small folk with face paint and body paint like in the color of their favorite house (laughs) like all of that going on oh my god that'd be kind of awesome I really
2: feel the show missed an opportunity there (laughs)
4: I think they really, really, instead of just having, like, the one little naked dude, they probably should have, like, gone full-on freak show. <laughs> I forgot about the
0: naked dude in the show.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Best extra ever. So, have you guys heard the theory about how um Cersei's going to get an infection in her foot and she's going to lose her foot? No, no but it's... But... That's totally possible, and that'll, like, sever, again, like, double-sever the tie with Jamie, because he, you know, came in holding her foot.
2: Oh,
0: I would I believe like that, that theory more if, like, they had described her limping or something. Cause yeah. I didn't get any sense of that from it, Kevin's.
2: It doesn't bit. take much, though. I mean, for sepsis to send in. Huh. Uh One of the, I think it was Coolidge, one of the U.S. presidents in the 1920s, his son was playing tennis. And got a blister on his foot, and like by three, two, three days later, he was dead. God, never. Well, expected. they didn't have antibiotics. Blood poisoning is rapid; it's systemic. It's that's entirely possible. Although, wait, we do see her like when later on when they're having dinner. It's been time has passed, so wait. I yeah. Take that back. I think if sepsis had set in, she would have. It would have happened.
0: Yeah. It would have happened. Like, she would have looked probably terrible and been limping at least right Mm -hmm. that's true
2: no i don't know about the limping but it because it doesn't take i mean that's why if you ever i mean in real life if you cut yourself the first thing first of all tetanus and they usually give you something like a an antiseptic or something because it (laughs) is that quick Sorry, this has been um, <laughs> medical <laughs> facts.
0: <Thomas>
2: this <laughs> is Sorry. important
0: information. You might be saving someone from tetanus right now out there. Oh,
2: no. <laughs> anyway, well, one of it. the older episodes. What was it you were talking about? It was scurvy, and I was going shouting into my rickets. in my office, like Rick it, this rickets, it's <laughs> rickets. Your neighbors think <laughs> you're like nuts. <laughs> well, they already do, but. There she goes again, yelling rickets
0: for no reason.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. so.
0: Uh, the passage continues. Um She did not feel beautiful, though. She felt old, used, filthy, ugly. There were stretch marks on her belly from the children she had borne, and her breasts were not as firm as they had been when she was younger. Without a gown to hold them up, they sagged against her chest. I should not have done this. I was their queen, but now they've seen, they've seen, they've seen. I should never have let them see. Gowned and crowned, she was a queen. Naked, bloody, limping, she was only a woman. Not so very different from their wives. More like their mothers than their pretty little maiden daughters. What have I done?
1: Wasn't this like her biggest fear whenever she was rem- remembering about what happened with that, her grandfather's mistress? I mean, the mistress was raised up to be like the, the lady of the house. And whenever they kicked her out and, you know, and dressed her and paraded her around Lannisport, she was nothing but a woman.
0: Yeah, that's the whole point of this. That's, that's why it's disgusting yeah. and sick. It's to yeah. take- a woman who is proud of herself for whatever reason, maybe probably because she is beautiful, I mean, it's, it's and so to tear modern, her though,
4: down. Though too, I mean, think of like the you know the various tabloid magazines that'll have you know like so and so's beach body is you know her body is terrible now, and they'll have like some like weird angle so someone looks ugly. You know, yeah, we want yeah. to like we want to destroy mm. everything. You know.
0: I think about like no. Britney Spears shaved her head or Lindsay
1: Lohan yeah. passed out in the car. You know, like, oh my know? God,
4: she has fat rolls. Well, yeah, she's like
1: 50. Yeah.
2: <laughs> or like women who, you know, they're not, we get so used to seeing them photoshopped and airbrushed and all this other stuff that when they show you a candid photo of some poor actress at the, you know, at the beach with her family, it's like, <gasps> look at her, you know? Yeah, we suck. Society sucks.
4: <laughs> it really does.
3: No, it's so interesting that, like, we spent all this time hating Cersei, and, like, that breaks my heart, just hearing that, like, how defeated, and it's like, can't you tear her down the way she should be? Like, that is not what should be happening to her. Like, I feel like... She deserves something like this is gonna sound awful, but um she deserves more to like have her head cut off with an axe as opposed to having to walk down that. It's just awful. Like
0: well, this is torture, like, but I mean Yeah,
3: exactly. Tortured. She should be treated more like a man would be treated and not in this disgusting
0: misogynistic way. I was just I gotta know that I'm dying to know Guile. Are you still on board with this punishment? <laughs>
4: You know, I I guess like honestly, I just keep thinking about what she did to people, and I guess I don't really care what happens to her. Like this isn't a just punishment for her specific crimes, but I really don't have much of an issue with Cersei getting any kind of punishment. You've maintained just, it for I, yourself. I, well, I just can't. I mean, she's a horrible, horrible, horrible person, and the fact that the, her specific punishment doesn't fit her specific crimes. I mean, we're talking about well, we should kill her instead of you know making her walk naked. Well, I mean that really, that's that's not enough. Well, no, I guess I just don't really see the big the big difference. the The issue isn't with her feeling sorry for her. The issue is with overall society sucking and thinking that that's an apt punishment for any woman. But I can't find sympathy for Cersei in particular. No.
2: I guess I mean for me, it's like you know. Let's say, I mean, you think of all the men who have done worse and they get off scot free, and that even that adultery is considered. I mean, granted, anything she did, um, what she did with Jamie is treason, certainly, but that what she did after she was widowed, that that is this.
4: Well, right, she's not being punished for the right crimes, but I, I can't. But- and I don't I think the highception.
2: I mean, this is what my problem with him and the venere. Who was it? One of you guys? I was dying when you you compared their names to like venereal diseases. Oh yeah, <laughs> the stuff doesn't all that. It's that like caught, they though. think
4: that what she oh, did as
2: far as her. <laughs> this is a good one. Sorry.
4: Well, like her sexual yeah. crimes are far and away a probably not crimes, but even if they are, like the most minor things that she's ever done. But
2: that they think that those are crimes worthy of being right. punished this way. No, I don't think they're not. punishing her cuz she fucked up the kingdom and, you know, people died on her watch. No, they're punishing her because she dared to sleep around and got caught. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I no. feel a bit muddy about this. I don't like it, but um No,
0: I mean, I do s- Yeah.
2: All right. <laughs> Let's go on.
4: We'll fight some more later. No, Here I mean, I don't even think it's like a fight. It's just, yeah. you know, it's the wrong punishment for the wrong crimes. That's why I love this group, though. We have
0: various uh, opinions and perspectives. You guys are awesome. Let's continue on. <laughs> Cersei finally breaks, and Maggie the frog appears and taunts her with the prophecy. And like, is she hallucinating here when she sees Maggie? This is what's going on. Or is she just well, like she seeing sees- an old woman? And
2: she's, she's seen, seen a lot of things. She's yeah. seen Tywin, and she's seen Amara. Ned. I-, I think that's pretty much.
1: I think she's having a breakdown. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Definitely. She cries,
0: attempts to cover herself up, and scrambles to the gates. Sir Marin, Trant, Boris, Blount, and Kevin are there with the gar- other guards. And uh, Cersei asks for Tommen. Kevin orders she be covered up and says, "No son should have to bear witness to his mother's shame." Cersei is lifted from the ground by a very fancy giant, seven-plumed, rainbowed, white cloaked giant. That's <laughs> so a lot. I guess. I guess Kyburn did make him, f- him fancy, not Cersei.
4: It's canon. <laughs> <laughs> so You're our- um, Cersei also see, like, Ned and Malaria and Lady, yeah. even? Yeah. Yes.
2: And yes. her father, yeah.
4: Okay. Sansa.
0: She saw Sansa, too, with Lady, right? Okay. Yep. Yep, so she was definitely losing it at that point. Um, Kevin had kept his... Um, she hopes that Kevin... Can, uh, wait... Kevin had kept his part of the deal in having her champion made a member of the King's Guard. Kyburn introduces him to Cersei as Sir Robert Strong. He also adds that he has taken a vow of silence until all of her grace's enemies are dead and evil has been driven from the realm. Yes, thought Cersei Lannister. Oh yes.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's never gonna speak, basically. Never. Oh, yes, <laughs>
0: I, I, I this, I don't, I, yeah. I can't wait for some Robert Strong action.
4: <laughs> <laughs> like, basically, she hasn't really been cowed at all, though. Like, she had a couple no. bad, like, you know, she had a couple bad moments, but she's, like, just, like, angrier.
1: Oh, yeah. See, this, okay. this whole punishment, I think it's not even, it was a punishment in, in that it really bruised her ego. It's made her. It's not even, she's not even going to atone. She's not going to be a better person from this. It's going to just make everything worse.
0: It's making her way yep, scarier because now she has yes. this cold fury that she's learned to bury. Yeah. Terrifying. And she's got
4: a Gregor. Yeah. This is not a good combo, guys. This is her new toy. No, no and I'm... I think now she's in a, well, I, you know, now I think people don't expect anything of her anymore. Like they think they have her number.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Funny. Be- yes. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Funny. You should say that. Cause, um, with Kevin Lannister, we kind of, I think you're kind of onto something there. Guile.
4: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we so, jump to those? Yeah. So, um, we have a bonus chapter tonight. We're going to, um, do the dance with dragons epilogue. And, um, I just have to say, this was a really long chapter. It really was. <laughs> oh my God. Um, a lot happens in this chapter. Um, it opens up with Kevin is holding court with the small council and he gave Tom and the day off to spend some time with Cersei, um, since they may not have much time together. So I think in an earlier episode, we had talked about, you know, does Kevin really think that Cersei is going to be killed? And this maybe, or maybe he's thinking that he's sending her to Castorly Rock. Um, I don't know, but I do think, like, it does show that he is, you know, it's pretty serious. Um, it's kind of funny because, uh, the small council's dealing with none other than our old friend Red Ron at Connington. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you may remember him from such times as the golden bitch slap. Yeah. <laughs> he is proclaiming his loyalty to Tommen and not to um, John Connington, who's suspected of being um, with the Golden Company landings. And basically no one believes him, and they're going to detain him until all this business is done. And we get a – oh, go ahead. Oh, I just said hostage. Yeah. Um, We get a quick look at the very different council that Kevin has assembled with Mace. Harry Swift and Picell are now joined by Randall Tarley and Paxter Redwine. And I believe Paxter Redwine is actually um off salem somewhere. And they discuss the Golden Company invasion and Randall Tarley seems to think they're just adventurers, but Kevin is really taking things more seriously. Mm-hmm. And you kind of see that over and over mm-hmm. again. They're looking at a map and we find out they've taken Tarth, the stepstones, and Estremont, and are moving mm-hmm. on Storm Zen. And May says um, even if they do take Storm's End, he'll recapture it and then we have this great little Kevin moment where he totally <laughs> yeah. gets some Lannister shade, even if it's only in his mind. He's like, How can you recapture it when you've never captured it to begin with? <laughs> <laughs> I love the bit, I love like um the bit about
0: um, Mace becoming the hand and how he like built himself like a fancy oak
2: and oaken throne,
0: carved oh. in the shape of a hand. <laughs> a the
2: nose, Mace. Like some horrible piece of 70s furniture, yeah.
0: <laughs> and like, oh, the best was just getting these bits of Kevin like starting to get really grated and
1: irritated by Mace. Yeah. And thinking, Man, I'm, I'm seeing yeah. why Susie did not like this asshole. And, yeah, and Mace has already talked about wanting to build another Tower of the Hand. I'm like, where are they going to get this money from? I know. Mace <laughs> is tall. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know,
2: it's interesting because he's all of his concerns, which come out are kind of like hers were like he doesn't want all these Tyrells on the council all over the place. He he sees them as a threat, which they are. It's just he's not that shit crazy. And he's kind of like, you know, working through what he's got to do. And he knows this is going to be hard. And, you know, it's it's not that Cersei's stupid. I mean, her fears are real. I mean, they're legit but he at least, this is like the first time we've had a perspective of Lannister who's, I want to say fairly unfucked up. Right.
1: Yep. He's got it together.
0: He really does. Yeah. Like all his internal thoughts are, they're very strategic. Um, Even if he disagrees with people, he knows like just to keep quiet because he's got to shore up these allegiances. He's very pragmatic. Kevin's an all right dude. And I hope he lives a long time.
4: (laughs) I feel like, I feel like good things are coming for Kevin. Um, (laughs) I did like one thing about Mace though. I have to say like that he's basically refusing to move on storms End until Marjorie's innocence is proven. And I kind of like that. He is not, you know, he's not cutting her out to dry. Like he is going to make damn sure that there's no fuckery that's going to result in her conviction and i you know i appreciate that there's that he's willing to do this for his daughter you know we've seen daughters kind of devalued i mean even rob stark devalued his sisters and i feel like mace at least is showing how much he cares about marjorie which yeah. i think kind of goes with the trials <laughs> they've always been together
0: although um, he is thinking maybe yeah, there's a hint that he might be thinking about bringing marcella home so that yeah he and kevin thinks well that's cuz you want to marry her off to um 20, um, who is it?
4: Willis, so Willis? Willis? Yeah. yeah. How old yeah. is Willis? <laughs> we don't know. Old. I'm thinking he's probably close. Well, we know that Lancel, is, or Loris, is um, Brienne's age. So Loris mm-hmm. is probably 19. And then I think there's a bit of a gap between Loris and, and uh, Garland. Garland. So I'm, I'm guessing, guessing Willis that is pushing he's like 30. 27, 28, I'm thinking, maybe. Yeah. I, he is not... Well, you know... In, in... By our standards, he's a young man. But yeah, by Westeros, he's probably just a little bit older than Tyrion.
2: So it would be, I mean, another kind of unequal age gap marriage. But, you know, again, everything... What little we know of him is that he seems like he's a, a decent dude. <laughs> but that's all we yeah. we don't I really just, know.
1: I've always thought it strange that he's still single, even though he does mm. have a... a uh, he's he's got a an injured leg i mean he's the head he's the oldest well, son why is he not married?
4: How there was that plot with um you know Ariane and some of the sand snakes had that plot to marry him and they tried to like basically sneak over to high garden to do it and were caught so there's yeah, been it is odd that
2: he's not it might have been though do we know it was he ill or something was it it was there a question of his um like, so, like, was is he able to? You know, those are all things I'd be thinking of. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not uncommon, even in like, oh hell, remember? It, well, I won't spoil Downton Abbey, but there are other shows where like <laughs> I just did, but um, <laughs> you know, we're like, you want a, you want someone whole? Like, I, there's a scene in Mad Men where like, there's this poor guy who lost his foot in Korea, and they're like, man, couldn't even get a whole reporter or something. That sort of, it's a very, I mean, it's a horrible thing, but it's a very modern concept, you know, to look at people and not worry about their, their disabilities. So yeah. that might be part of it. They, they also make be pretty choosy. I mean, they don't want just anybody for their guy, you know. Well,
4: they're the, they're the same as Tywin. They're going after people from the great houses almost exclusively. So really, they were either Ariane, Sansa, or, or, uh, Myrcella. Or Asha, which again, you know, that's kind of my ship.
2: <laughs> oh my! Well, and they didn't want Cersei. Remember, wasn't it Elena who said she was too used? Yeah. Or something.
4: So well, yeah. I mean, yeah, Cersei. You know, yeah, by their oh. standards, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting you guys talked about. You know, Kevin is really he's very reasoned. Like everyone else in the small council, kind of wants to dismiss this threat about the Golden Company but then you see Kevin really considering what kind of a man John Connington was and what he's like now
2: mm-hmm. and
4: um, he actually he's you know he's serious about the threat and he actually thinks about the threat that Danny could pose and he says you know if she should reach these shores and join her strength to Lauren Connington and this prince of his feigned or no we must destroy Connington and his, and his pretender now before Daenerys Stormborn can come west so I mean, you know, yeah, that's exactly the plan. So yes. Kevin sussed it out like yep. pretty yeah. quickly. It's was pretty fucking
0: proactive, Kevin. <laughs> Too bad no yeah, one was listening. Like,
3: one of the first people who's actually been proactive about it, right? Like everyone else has just been like, Oh, never mind. She's over there. It doesn't matter <laughs> that she is the... fucking well,
2: dragons. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Robert wanted her dead. I mean, granted it would have been a, you know, but yeah, he's Robert was also pure rage, whereas I think Kevin is much more analytical, like, this is a problem, we should deal with it.
4: I like that he, um, or Mace says of John Cunnington, um as for Connington, what v- victories has he ever won that we should fear him? Which I thought was really funny, because if you've read the Theon sample chapter from Winds of Winter, it almost is an exact quote of what Stannis says about Ramsay. Um, Ramsay. So we see... George kind of repeating this language again, and, oh, God, you know, <laughs> what does all this mean? Oh, I th- Go ahead, thought. Oh, I was just say uh, it's kind of, like, off what you were... Not not to
0: do with what you were saying, but I just I had to... I've been, like, kind of congratulating Kevin on what, a, like, a decent guy he is, but he's kind of a misogynistic asshole when it comes to the thought of what Cersei's been through, and he mentions oh, yeah. that, her stretch yes, marks is. and saggy boobs,
2: so... Uh, yeah. You know, George is really really hipped on the whole saggy boob thing. <laughs> I just keep going, oh my god, it's gravity. What the hell? Why is it they I mean, You control <laughs> gravity, okay? Like, just...
3: And the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, that? You're
2: just really, really obsessed with saggy tits.
4: <laughs> and to is... a point where I'm like, dude,
2: I I don't know what to do with you.
4: <laughs> I think Kevin actually reminds me of Jamie a little bit, not, um, it, you know, in his assessment of the golden company and the threat, you know, they both are like analyzing the people quite well. Like, you know, Kevin's analysis of John con is like spot on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you compare that to Cersei and even Tyrion, I think don't necessarily Tyrion gets like political situations, but I don't think he grasps people quite the way that Kevin and Jamie do. And, and, you know, Cersei of course, doesn't at all.
0: Right. That's a waste of her time. People- also, I mean, she
2: says. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I please. was gonna say. I mean, I remember reading this chapter and going, "Wow, all of the Lannister kids are totally off about who their uncle is." You know, this thought that he was just Tywin's yes man and didn't have a thought of his own. I'm like, no, he thinks very well. Actually, he's oh, very. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cersei thought he
4: was like a, a loyal dog, right? I think you know, they mistake duty. F- you know, they. They don't combine duty and intelligence in their minds for whatever reason.
2: But all three of them pretty much have, I mean, to varying degrees. Like Tyrion, I mean, I think one of his first thoughts about Kevin is that, you know, he never had a thought that Tywin didn't think first or didn't say first.
4: Whereas, Um, I mean, jamie you know, Jamie would have supported Kevin for hand or the regent. I mean, pretty much right away.
2: But I think this, this idea that, you know, because he's not their father and he's not the, the first son and all that, but no, he's a really smart, I mean, which is why unfortunately, you know, he doesn't, uh, anyhow, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, um, they, you know, the, the small council keeps talking. They talk about, They have to go to, um, Mir or Pentos to try to get money to pay back the Iron Bank, which is kind of like, um, taking an advance on your credit card to pay off your other credit card. (laughs) 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 Doesn't, just doesn't really seem like a great idea. Um, Harry Swift doesn't want to go there and he's kind of a bitch and because it's not, you know, he didn't make the mess, but Kevin's like, dude, that's your job. (laughs) <laughs> um, he's so whiny <laughs> yeah he's super whiny they talk about the trials and we learn that Cersei's chosen um Sir Robert Strong as her champion and you know Mace really wants to know more about him he doesn't seem um too keen on Cersei winning and you know Kevin has this thought like with the rumors about him not eating or going to the bathroom he thinks that he and Mace and Randall Tarly all know who ex- exactly who Robert Strong really is and he thinks whatever the face hidden behind Strong's helm, it must remain hidden for now. Which i I just can't stop thinking about Oh my god, does he have a head? Whose head is it? <laughs> that's
1: that's what I've always wanted to know. Whose head do you what
4: think is snowing on there? Are we really going down this road again? Like, yes. I, don't know who I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just like it just kills me like if we're gonna see that at some I mean, I hope to God we see that at some point. Um, I, I just know, want to back up a little
0: bit to the bank exchange where they're talking about the banks and I loved it when Kevin was like um, jokingly said to Harris Swift that you know we could send Cersei to negotiate
1: oh yeah, <laughs> <You know>? yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he's like I'm just kidding <laughs> he has a sense of humor <laughs> he does he, he definitely has the Lannister wit you know like it's not as overt as it is in like Tyrion and Jamie, but he definitely has it yeah. Um. So basically, Kevin, you know, Mace is all like, "Who's you know Who's Robert Strong? What's happening?" Blah blah blah. And finally, Kevin just flat out spells it out for Mace that you know the Tyrells and the Lannisters have tied their fates together, and if Cersei's guilty, it puts Tommen's legitimacy in question. And then, and if Bart- Tommen yep. isn't king, <laughs> Merge isn't queen. And it's like, what is so hard for you to get? Like, what are you not getting, Mace? Like, you're you have to be on Cersei's side at this point.
3: Yeah. Um, it's almost like he's pulling a Cersei himself.
4: Mace. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Mace's, yeah. <laughs> like
4: Um, we learn that Cersei's guards have all been replaced and she's attended by septas and novices and she's completely cut off from everything. And this is where Kevin kind of grossly thinks about how she soiled goods. And then he has this very un-Lannister thought. Um, he thinks it's better to live shamed than die proud. Yeah. And I was yeah, just like, would very Cersei agree with that? Like, I don't, would Cersei agree with that?
0: I don't think any Lannister mm-hmm. would agree with that. That's yeah. super un-Lannister.
4: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, Pycelle tries to, this is one of my favorite parts, is Pycelle tries to talk about the Rosby inheritance, but Kevin cuts him off. So we're clearly not meant to learn more about it. And so that, either means it's important or George is just like totally trolling us and it's going to be and he's just like never going to get to the point, which either case I enjoy that. Um And, you know, he and Mace kind of end with talking about, um you know, matching Marcel and Willis. And then they do have a really stupid thought, which seems so totally out of character for Kevin that they think that maybe Dorn will fight against Connington, which <laughs> yeah. I, I like why would Kevin even, to think that. Like he knows that Egan is Doran's nephew, so wouldn't they even be con- you know, wouldn't they be considering that alliance a possibility? It just seemed like very um and then I think one of the there's a huge timeline clue at the end of this part of the chapter, which is that the council will meet in five days after Cersei's yeah. trial. So yeah. um it seems like things are gonna happen like extremely quickly in WINS unless Kevin's um murder, spoiler alert, um <laughs> so You know, what do you guys, what do you guys think is going to happen? I caught that too. Uh, I'm thinking that
2: if we ever, ever, ever see wins, which I'm really doubtful, but if we do, yeah, I would think it would have to open pretty quickly with that.
1: Oh, totally. I mean, both, well, I don't even want to, I'm going to, we know what's about to happen, but I mean, it's going to be noticed really soon, I would imagine. Mm Mm-hmm. When I uh, sell, <laughs> and uh yeah, yeah,
2: but I mean, would that stop the faith from holding her trial? I kind of doubt it.
4: No, it's still. Gonna or go would on. she just have? Or would she, you know, basically take charge and be like, "No, this isn't happening."
2: Yeah, and then she'd be well. I mean, not necessarily because if she suddenly started trying to pit. Who does she have? Whatever the gold cloaks, whatever's left of you know, yeah, it would be the golds cloak and whatever Lannister guards there are against the Faith, the Warrior Sons.
4: And then where does the Tarly army fit in? It'd be the big yeah. Oh, that, that's what Kevin's thinking
0: about too, right? So yeah. then
2: you suddenly have the city engulfed in some sort of horrible like battle it's a civil or war thing,
4: yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Which might be where George wants to go.
4: Yeah, but I mean, she, it almost she, seems like we have to have the trial by combat, just, yeah. you know, I don't know, maybe not, though. Maybe it's never going to happen. No, don't say that. Don't be silly.
0: That's crazy talk.
2: She <laughs> wants to see Frank and, Frank and Gregor. Don't yeah. worry, Lot. I, I think we got to have to. I mean, the gear Ros- yeah. that could go either way, but I think Frank and Gregor and what's behind that helmet, I'm pretty sure we're supposed to see that.
4: How can um, you say no to that. I mean, you can't, right? Yeah. Uh, Pycelle ends the exchange by saying that he, you know, he's afraid of Mace basically, and he wants guards. And so Kevin suggests he uses the mountains men who came with, um, red Ronnet, which Jamie sent them all together. So it's kind of cool to see like some of those actions from feast of Jamie's like now they're in King's Landing. Um,
0: they I leave the throne room want to be surrounded by those dudes. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> God know. <laughs>
4: Or myself. Well, well, maybe <laughs> <something>,
3: right.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so they leave the throne room and they walk outside, and it's interesting. It's not just like a little snow at this point. The moat surrounding the holdfast is three feet deep in snow, and you know Kevin's thinking about needing more Kingsguard members, and he even thinks about naming Lancel to the Kingsguard, which oh. thought again was was interesting. Kevin, King I was like barf. <laughs> Poor Kevin, your son is
0: gone. He's Looney Tunes. That's his baby
1: boy.
4: (laughs) So he's getting ready. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. But that's, I mean, he's a parent. That's, you're always going to want the best for your kid. And I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, the thing with Kevin, too, is he's lost one son in the war. You know, he's lost, is it Martin that's passed or Will? I think it's Martin. That's, well, I don't know. One of them.
2: Oh, um.
0: Oh, no, that's Jenna's son. I'm thinking of. Anyway, I'm sure it's the Lannister at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think siri-
1: But I really think that Lancel would never go for joining the Kingsguard. I think Willem. he's perfectly happy.
4: It's well, Willem. Willem is the one who died. Yeah, so he has Martin and Lancel and his yeah. little baby. The daughter. Yeah. still got three,
1: well, two more. That's, you know... <laughs> <laughs>
4: So he's getting ready for supper with Cersei and Tom and then he you know, he's heard about how Cersei's been bathing four or five times a day, but that no Mm -hmm. amount of scrubbing will ever wash the stain away. And he thinks about how beautiful and lively she was and how maybe none of this would have happened if she'd just married um Rhaegar. And he has kind of a a poetical thought which is very again very jamie of him where it's Cersei could have given the prince the sons he wanted—lions with purple eyes and silver manes—and with such a wife, Rhaegar might never have looked twice at Lyanna Stark. This the girl had a wild
2: hair. beauty. I'm, I'm sorry, what was that? I was like, this is such a dude thought, though. Like, you it's know, it's her thought too, though. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's one she has. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think. But no, but if he had if if she had married Rhaegar, that wouldn't have been a happy
0: marriage. I think oh, we've discussed it's so. so unhappy. Oh, no, <laughs> no, it's totally no. Putting I mean, aside
2: the fact that she's crazy and unlivable. Nah. no. I mean, she's he's right. Wrong. She's wrong. That would not have worked. And even if I think that's the whole point with Rhaegar, I mean, even if he had had the gorgeous wife and all that, I mean. I don't think. I mean, what we know of Rhaegar, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have mattered who he was married to.
1: Yeah, she'd yes. still have green-eyed, blonde-haired kids. <laughs> oh. She, well, would no, she like throw Jamie to the curb be,
4: for He wouldn't
2: be. He would be looking elsewhere. I. I don't. I think he was just as crazy as you know his ideas of prophecy and whatnot. I don't think it would have mattered. Those children could have been his. I don't think he. I mean, no. I don't see that as a a way out of it.
4: Um. So Kevin's thinking about, he's telling himself how not guilty he feels for allowing Cersei's walk of shame, which I think means that he totally feels guilty about it. And he's trying to tell himself it's all for the good of the house. But I think a big part of him did it for revenge for Lancel. Mm-hmm, um, for sure. And he, he also thinks about his father's mistress and, and that, and he thinks of Cersei, we've pulled her claws. Jamie though, but no, he would not brood on that. So I thought that was interesting. Like, yeah, what does that you guys mean? think, yeah, what is he thinking? Is he thinking that, you know, Jamie's gonna come back to defend Cersei or that, you know, he will in general need to fight Jamie for power? Or that
0: he knows something happened to Jamie and he's saying best not brood on that. That's how I read
4: it. Like, does he know something we don't know? Oh, see, I took it as he's gonna think he has to pull Jamie's claws as well. Yeah. But, yeah, I think there's... Who knows, right? Mm -hmm. We'll never know. I (laughs) always
1: thought... I think he's just written Jamie off, because, I mean, he's disappeared. I don't know. I'd
4: like to think he must know something about you. That's how I read it. I think he'd think about it, though. Like, we were in his head. Like, I think he'd think about Jamie if he knew. No, best not brood on it. Although that would be one hell of a... Like, a ballsy move if, like somehow they got a ransom for Jamie and Kevin was like, Yeah, nope, nope. <laughs> um, so Kevin finally leaves for supper and he he noticed that Boros Blunt doesn't look that well. And so <laughs> I had a theory yeah. here that you know, Boris is the food taster, and I was wondering if he's being like slowly poisoned to have an immunity there, so then someone a- can poison Tommen. And I'm assuming that since Tyene is there, maybe She's yeah. one of the septas serving Cersei on occasion. Mm-hmm.
1: There is a theory. I've heard that he's been slowly, slowly being poisoned.
4: Yeah. So, I remember. With like eye powder. He's developing an immunity yeah. to eye powder. powder. <laughs> 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 oh. The description
3: of him was so gross. Like, wasn't he getting kind of bloated and his color was off and like. He yeah, had to he lean on look, a wall. Yeah. Couldn't
0: even stand up straight. Yeah. Definitely yeah, seems suspicious. Yeah, my spidey sense was tingling reading that.
4: Yep. <laughs> Cersei makes a little joke about Mace Terrell building a tall new tower of the hand to compensate for uh, something, and Kevin's pretty happy that she can still laugh. And I think Cersei kind of takes that little moment of lightness to start asking for things and so she wants Tana and her son to come to court, which just cracked me up. Like she's still on like Tana bringing her kid to court. I mean can you imagine date. Tana gets that summons? She's just gonna, gonna be like, like shit. Throw it in the
0: fire.
2: <laughs> yep. Never hurt. got it.
3: Nope.
0: That's where Cersei's mail goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: in
3: the special mail basket.
4: <laughs> <laughs> a round file. Um <laughs> The food here sounded really good, though. Like a beef and barley soup, a quail, yeah. and then there was a rope I was hoping that three too. Feet long, like a three foot long fish for three people, <laughs> seemed like a bit much. Wow. And I one think of them well, like, like the kitchen, maybe. <laughs> and Tom and his, you know, his regular adorable self here. He's talking about how Sir Pounce scared off the bad cat, which I think. Oh, we there's all,
1: a bad cat, yeah. Yeah, like is Yeah, yes.
4: that was my thought. And then Kevin mentions that he'll ask the Ratters to set a trap for him, which thank God, I'm assuming, like, Kevin didn't leave and immediately, like, go to the Ratters, so, like, I feel like Balerion going to be okay. <laughs> so, yeah, he's going to be okay. I love super that, happy that, that was
2: something you were really concerned about.
4: I was really concerned <laughs> about poor Balerion, yes, I really am. <laughs> that poor cat.
1: That cat is going to outlive every single character in the book. Unless, world. plot twist, he was the one
0: thrown at Cersei's feet. <laughs>
1: Ew.
2: Ew. 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 Oh god! Yeah, no! Oh, god, no!
4: I think the Balorean keeps to the Red Keep, and that was like further down the hill. So okay. I think probably- I feel like we would have been there. Would have
2: been a description beyond the magnets, like the black cat- <laughs> <laughs> torn ear, torn
4: ear, and no astutely <laughs> demeanor. <laughs> uh-huh. So um Kevin thinks that Cersei's fire is quenched right now. And it's so funny because he's been mm-hmm. so perceptive this entire chapter and now he completely is overlooking Cersei. Like she's not quenched at all. No. And I don't know if it's because she's a woman or because his father's mistress was destroyed by that walk, but um Cersei's not. <laughs> um yeah, he's kind of lost his perception skills here.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's family, and you have a blind spot sometimes. And I think he, I mean, I don't, I don't think it was his idea. I don't think he went to the Septon and said, "Hey, this is what this will work. Do this." But and I think it was presented to him. And he didn't say no either. <laughs> well, no yeah, probably. but I mean, like, I think he feels some. I think there's guilt there. You know, and I think he wants yeah, sure. to believe that this is okay, that she's now going to behave and is going to do this. And I think a lot of the Lannisters have, well, God knows they all have blind spots when it comes to family.
4: Yeah. So it's a yeah, trait. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he notes that she hasn't asked about Jamie and he tells her that she should be prepared for his death. And we can all roll our eyes. Um, Cersei says, if he were dead, I would know it. We came into this world together, Uncle. He would not go without me. Ugh. <laughs> Gross. So rolling my eyes so hard. <laughs>
2: oh, oh, at least at least she did not talk about sharing the same womb.
4: That's implied. Womb sharing implied.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just always oh, every time I hear that I just yeah. want to puke. But yeah.
4: Um, Tommen leaves, and then they can kind of talk about the kettle blocks, and they're in custody, and Kevin totally, like, slut shames her a bit about trusting them or being with them. But Cersei's kind of saved from any further talk because a message comes in from Pycelle to meet him at once. So Kevin leaves and makes his way to Mager's Holdfast. Uh, Pycelle's chambers are beneath the rookery. And he doesn't see Pycelle right away, but he does see the white raven, which means that winter isn't coming. Winter is here. I think George's writing at that point was really quite, um, you know, quite lovely. The rest was shrouded in shadow, except beneath the open window where a spray of ice crystals glittered in the moonlight, swirling in the wind. On the window seat, a raven loitered, pale, huge, its feathers ruffled. It was the largest raven that Kevin Lannister had ever seen larger than any hunting hawk at Casterly Rock, larger than the largest owl. Blowing snow danced around it, and the moon painted it silver. Not silver, white. The bird is white. The white ravens of the Citadel did not carry messages as their dark cousins did. When they went forth from Old Town, it was for one purpose only, to herald a change of seasons.
0: This bird is bigger than a fucking owl. That's huge. (laughs) Huge raven.
4: Yeah. (laughs) wow i picture it kind of looking like an owl though like in my head i'm picturing hedwig yeah harry potter like that's all i can think of um and then kevin feels a coral in his chest and he kind of is hallucinating for a second he's like this isn't me this is what happened to tywin and then he notices um uh, pisell's dead body and it's interesting like the first thing he does is he calls for Tyrion. like he you know has that immediate reaction like oh my god it's Tyrion. he's back it reads like like he's going into shock yeah yeah his
0: his thoughts are very um very slow they're 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 clear they're slow but they're clear um um, it's like he's like it's happening to someone else and he's just watching it happen you know i was really sad when he like um he he thought of his child and his wife
4: that part really got me yeah i highlighted that portion, it's um, Ver—it's the first thing that Vera says um, says to him. He says, Sir Kevin, forgive me if you can. I bear you no ill will. This was not done for Malice. It was for the realm, for the children. And then Kevin thinks, I have children. I have a wife. Oh, Dorna. And that's like my heart breaks at that part. Yeah. Like he did not want to be here. Kevin did not want to do this that. job.
2: No. No. Well, yeah. neither did Ned. You know, it's like they served and yeah. But died. yeah, And it sounds like, you know, like the other, uh, I think Cersei in particular has some very nasty thoughts about Dorna, but she sounds like this perfectly nice woman who, you know, knows what le- works for her, knows
4: what doesn't. They've made this marriage and... Well, they married, like she was yeah. a hostage, wasn't she? Like I she think was so. kind of a hostage and he fell in love with her. So, I mean, they, you know, kind of had this like very meat cute, if you will, like almost a yeah. James Bond <laughs> <Rien> situation. Hmm. <laughs>
3: Dorna would be my buddy. She likes to sit there and embroider. I'm like, we could hang out, you know, yeah, and stitch I with could her. Nitch, like she's my buddy.
4: Yeah. yeah. I bet That's Jenna so cool. st- I bet Jenna can't stand her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> she and Darless like, probably like <laughs> lesson and, and uh Dorna probably hang out together and Jenna just like rolls their eyes her eyes at them. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, Varus kind of, it's the Duzex Varus here where he explains how Kevin is undoing all of Cersei's quote, good work and bringing stability to the realm. And he talks about how Kevin's death will sow doubt and suspicion, making things ripe for Egan. And he gives, yeah. you know, his, his famous speech about Egan. Um, he is here. Egan has been shaped for rule since before he could walk. He has been trained in arms, as befits a knight to be, but that was not the end of his education. He reads and writes. He speaks several tongues. He has studied history and law and poetry. A has instructed him in the mysteries of the fates since he was old enough to understand them. He has lived with fisherfolk, worked with his hands, swum in rivers and mended nets, and learned to wash his own clothes at need. He can fish and cook and bind up a wound. He knows what it is like to be hungry, to be hunted, to be afraid. Tommen has been taught that kingship is his right. Aegon knows that kingship is his duty; that a king must put his people first and live and rule for them. Meh. Oh, I mean, give I don't, me I, a fucking break. Right? Like <laughs> Egan hasn't, you know? So what? Like Aegon really hasn't, you know? Like this description. Who this description is really about is John and Danny. Like, they've actually done most of this, like, and they've actually learned to, like, rule people for better. You know, they've gone through the processes of making mistakes and learning how to rule. And they've, you know, they really have been hungry and hunted without, like, magical, magical unit grandpas there to save their ass, you know? So when. <laughs> When Aegon takes over, is he going to abolish the monarchy
2: and set up some sort of meritocracy? I don't think so. Well, they'll just make no. the
4: death of his kid and then send him off somewhere.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't, this is not viable because this is what's the problem with monarchy. Yeah, you've got a good king. You got someone who's, which I really do not see this with what we've seen of fake Aegon. So first of all, that's bullshit. Second of all, <laughs> he's gonna get married to some poor girl. I mean, like, this is just not, this is what George has been showing us, is that monarchy is just flawed. These people right. are not, this is the, stupid. And he mean, killed my the, favorite fucking character, so fuck you, Barrett.
4: <laughs> yeah, I hate Barrett's <laughs> with his stupid no, Look so at the rulers that have, <laughs> look at the rulers that have, like, actually earned it. You know, like, John, John earned you know, he earned his rule of the Nights Watch. Danny, for the most part, you know, she earned her rule over the Dothraki and in Slaver's Bay. I mean, Man's Radar is another really good example. Yeah. yeah, they earned their rule, and you know, I mean, it's hard to think of Danny as, you know, Danny's not a a democratic um a democratic ruler, but there is very much something about her. You know, she hasn't been given anything. Right,
0: she she she's, fighting, me, she's dogs, been yeah. fighting right? yeah. It's Like, come
2: on. <laughs> Right, but Well, but I know, mean, she, both of them have fought and have worked hard to get where they are. I, it, But I mean, this crap about this king, okay, fine. So what, you got 20 years before he drops dead or whatever? And then his son is going to be like this too? You have no guarantee. You, you know, know, like none. the
4: Ottoman Empire, they used to have the Sultan's kids had to learn a trade. So oh, yeah? all the sultans, like, had a trade that they could live by, like, in theory, if they weren't a sultan. So, I mean, you know, there's some of this has been done throughout history where, you know, people have had, like, more common um occupations in addition to all the other. But, I, the mean, other but yeah, I mean,
2: we've seen fake Aegon. He does right. not impress. I'm sorry. No. He
4: doesn't. He's kind yeah. of a bratty. Like, he's, you know, who he kind of reminds you know? me of a little bit is, like, Luke Skywalker from the first Star Wars movie. Like, he's kind of <laughs> a little brat.
2: Go so Star
4: yeah. Wars. Uh, <laughs> can't oh yeah.
2: can't the Star Wars. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, the business with him losing the chess game and how he reacts. Crazy. That is not a pause. I mean, granted, that's a small thing, and we've all probably done that, although I think the last time I did something like that, I was five, but, um, involved Candyland, but... <laughs> Candyland, <laughs> I mean, a vicious a- <laughs> game. Yeah, well, you know, when you're five and your father will categorically I mean, never let you win at games, um...
1: They the word? I can't remember.
2: But I mean, that doesn't impress. It doesn't, like, say to me,
4: wow, this is a future monarch. You know, I think the thing with Kev, or the thing with Varys that I can't get past is how hypocritical it is when he's talking about how he's doing this for the realm. No, he's not. If he was doing anything for the realm, he would let Kevin rule and, like, heal the realm. He's doing this because he's either a Targaryen or a Blackfire loyalist, and he wants his ruler. He doesn't want the route. He doesn't want anything specific to happen to the realm unless it happens under, you know, a ruler he's ruling through. Yeah. Like, and so his reasoning me. is irritating.
2: I, I would have had far more respect for him if he would have just said, look, you know, I'm sorry, but I want my guy in power. There you go. Okay. Yeah. I still right. don't give you, me this round
4: bullshit. You know, yeah. yeah. Bullshit.
2: So and you, then, he really
3: believes the crap he's spouting here? Oh, I here, think he or? totally believes that, Yeah, yeah. I absolutely Oh, yeah, he, he definitely does. He thinks he's doing the best thing, and it's like, yeah, no.
2: Fuck <laughs> you, Varys. Just fuck you.
4: And <laughs> I thought my, I'd read the very last... Oh, go ahead. Sorry if there's he's more. He's going to
2: say, all through my notes, I have all these notes on this one page, and then I get to the epilogue, and it's... Fuck you, Varus!
4: Fucking Varus! <laughs>
2: I also have that.
4: Anyone else have anything on this on the epilogue before we close it out? I don't know what it is about his slippers, but they really
0: infuriate me. I just, I don't, it, I've got no good reason, but the goddamn silk so slippers. <laughs> oh. It's okay, so he's extra
3: just, quiet. Yeah, you can just slide around. Can you see him like shuffling?
1: Oh, they just make me angry. <laughs> <laughs> reading just, this epilogue just made me really frustrated because it's a really good build
4: up to begin yes. reading the Winds of Winter. I know. Ima- like, imagine reading this and then like it's almost five years later, and like, it's not, like this epilogue like cues up everything, you know, everything yeah. that's going to happen next, and like nothing's happened. <laughs> uh, it's killing me. Don't worry, you can see it unfold on the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, good. Oh. And I, you know, we have the last, you know, the last sentence of the last chapter of the last published book, which is kind of, you know, and in their hands, the daggers. <laughs> which is like, ah. actually a great, like, ending sentence for the saga so far. A little murder, murder children. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nothing creepier than murder children really
4: Ugh. Yes, I know there really isn't I wonder why that is it's because we think they they should be nice and innocent
3: you would trust children typically
4: well and he does
2: typically. I mean he talks it, and when I was rereading it it was hitting me oh my god all the kids yeah. like, all the servants they're all little kids and that's like oh fuck I forgot that
4: little maybe murderous children. kittens would be worse well <laughs> I think I could take a kitten <laughs> And then they paws, the takers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would have so much respect now if Varys could train kittens to like murder. You know what? That
1: awesome.
2: somebody I could respect. Who has?
3: He, he hasn't. What? What do you think? Why do you think Tommen has all the kittens? It's Varys <laughs> trying to like. No, he knows what he's doing.
1: Well, there is the theory about Tyene coming to King's Landing. And um, she's going to poison the kitten claws. Oh,
4: my God. That's beautiful. thing. <laughs> an awful thing. Oh my but George God. has a cat. He has an orange ta- Or he had, like, an orange tabby. So I think that they're also cat people. So I feel like maybe he'll be, you know, he'll be a little bit, you're I don't know why I think so this. It's hard, Kyle, and it's a <laughs> Is that what you're saying? What was that? Uh,
2: you're saying he's got standards.
4: Well, I was going through all this and then I'm like, but wait, he's super into wolves and he's killed a couple of those. <laughs> so there's really, right? No... So what would I, <laughs> why am I thinking these <laughs> kids would be any different?
0: I think that's going to bring us, going to wrap it up for us for the chapter
4: discussion. Are we all good? Mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah, you guys, we made it through all of Cersei. Holy crap. Yeah. What a fun <sighs> ride. Yeah. I enjoyed it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do the mailbag. He got some, any uh, messages for
1: Sion? I do. I got a question from an anon, and it says, "Do you think Cersei regretted her crimes after the Walk of Shame? She saw Sansa, Ned, Melara during the Walk of Shame, and I don't know. I had a feeling she regretted the crimes she caused.
2: I think she regretted getting caught for what she got caught. You know, like. Yeah. But no, I don't think they're. I, I think. Don't to- think- Regret's a strong word. (laughs) Yeah. I think think in order to... Yeah. Go ahead, no.
3: I think she knows that they were technically, like, bad, horrible things she did, but she doesn't actually regret them. They're just things that kind of haunt her, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Kind of like Telltale Heart style, like, but I don't think she really, like... Feels bad about it. I don't know. No. If
0: I'm she can that right. reason them away, right? Like she knows it was yeah. bad, but
1: she'll yeah. reason it
0: away. It was, she had exactly. to do it. It had to
1: be done. Whenever she's brought low, she's going to think about it. But once she's back in her comfort zone, it's not even going to be a, a, a thought for her. Yeah. Uh, we have our Chikrin. Chikrin on Tumblr <laughs> says, Hey kids. Hope you all enjoyed the walk. Tell Doxa I'm so sad to miss her her ep. Chickie's sad to miss
0: you, Doxa. That's,
1: <laughs> That's really sweet. <laughs> no. I'm super excited to hear your Kevin analysis, though. Just for shits and giggles, I'm going to ask, do you guys think the show will have Varys kill Kevin? Seems out of character for show Varys, and there's no Aegon <laughs> motivation, but they could manufacture an excuse, I suppose. And we're spoiled that Varus will leave Marine in season six. Maybe he'll be clearing the way for Danny. Thoughts anyway. Miss you, dorks, as always. <laughs> I, I think, think that's exactly
4: what's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
2: I because- mean, I'm amazed they remember that there's a guy named Kevin. But yeah, I think yeah. the Danny
4: theory. I think we're gonna. They might this- kill Mace and stuff too. Like it could be like you know Mace and Pyzel and Kevin. You know, it could be more even. Oh. They did say there's gonna be a lot of deaths, right? Oh, they always say that. Yeah, they
0: always I was, or was that last season, or maybe it it's the season before.
2: <laughs> no, I mean it's how they market it. They don't I mean they're not gonna tell you it's a quiet political drama. I mean that's gonna yeah. <laughs>
0: Wouldn't it be great if they did the reverse for one of these seasons? Like there's not that many people died on this this
2: one. <laughs> no I... death, just a lot of nuance and clothed women. Yeah, no,
4: I don't see them. <laughs> No random naked people. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> All
1: right. I don't know. Maybe he. They could have like Varys's kids like kill Kevin in season six. Have they established? I don't remember if they established he had. His the, little sparrows, his yeah. spice and that. I think it did spies in, in the general. first
2: season, but they've never really followed up on that. And
1: Yeah, people, I think the show audience would have totally forgotten anyway. So Yeah, yeah. I, I don't They're think probably, they'll slip in a little reminder or something. Yeah,
2: this, yeah. I, I think it's far more likely that we'll just see him do it and that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it'll be about Danny or something, and I don't know.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, I think last it should it, would, it should be about Danny. He's been a Marine, like you
2: know. Yeah, it and makes, it would make sense. sense. Mm-hmm. And he's done um, all this
0: work to get Tyrion to head out to ally, ally with Daenerys. So.
2: And yeah. I forgot—is Mace did Mace leave Bravos, or is he still there?
4: As far as we know, oh, I th- think he's still there. Like he never—he re- didn't return. Yeah. In time yeah. for the walk.
2: I don't oh. know about Maze. I think Picel is probably not long for this world. I think yeah, they might kill Pycelle and Varys. Yeah. Or not Varys. <laughs> That'd be a whole other show. Um <laughs> Kevin it. Lannister. Yeah. Political intrigue. Yeah, no. Um yeah, I think I agree. Yeah.
1: Argus Star says hi. If you guys ever decide to do an episode based on the infamous letter that Martin wrote detailing his original plans for the series, I'm calling dibs on guesting. (laughs) Because boy howdy, we are talking weird, weird, weird. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot I'd like to (laughs) say about it. I feel like we did discuss this. We did, but not like
2: in depth, or was it just I mean as an aside? yeah, we did talk about it. I think, though, you could get a lot out of it because some of it was just pure... I, I mean, I look at what became of it and I go, I don't see that at all.
0: Maybe we did it as... A, I, I think we did it as, like, an end-of-the-episode discussion point type
2: thing. I think so we did. Yeah. Because I think yeah. Chicky had a lot to say about it.
0: Yeah. Oh. Well, if we decide to do an episode on that, we will be giving you an email.
1: We did get an email from Hillary... And it says, Hi, ladies. I am a new <laughs> listener. I began listening to your podcast in Xerxes Feast Chapters. Awesome. <laughs> Excuse me. You all right there, Ian? <laughs> <laughs> My throat's getting dry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I found your podcast while searching for Game of Thrones podcast on Podbean. I listened to a few others to get a feeling for what is out there. And ladies, you blow all the others I found out of the water. Fuck yeah. Yes. (laughs) Shout out to Eon, Lot, Whitey, Guile, Clotho, and Kama. And ladies are, you ladies are hilarious. I apologize if I got any of your names wrong. I currently don't have a Tumblr account, but I am debating creating one just to follow you ladies (laughs) and find another A Song of Ice and Fire outlets. The Drunk Cast and Spout Cast episodes were some of my favorites. It's listening to hear the men's perspective, especially since most of them are strictly show watchers. (laughs) Love the in-depth book analysis, POV by POV, as well as the Season 6 God Updates. I listen to your podcast at work every day. I'm currently up to date on your new episode, so I have been downloading your old stuff. So excited for each new episode. Side note, I wasn't a JB shipper until I started listening to your podcast. Wow. I wasn't... You know, I wasn't even sure I knew what a shipper was, but I'm pretty sure I get the gist of it now. You have successfully converted me. If there isn't a J.B. sex scene, or at least, at the very least, an acknowledgement of their mutual feelings and wins, I will be so disappointed in George. But we all know what happens when George gets our hopes up. No surprises there. Again, you girls rock, and thank you for coming together and creating a unique and extremely enjoyable experiences for fans of a song of ice and fire. I will be sure to write a similar review on iTunes when I get home today, as well as try to come up with questions for future podcasts. Aww. Thanks.
4: Was,
1: thank you, Hillary. That was yeah, such thank a you.
4: great email. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. And it's so awesome <laughs> that we converted you to I our don't. cult.
0: God's work.
4: <laughs> God's work.
0: One of
3: us. Oh,
2: I love it. That maniacal laughter comma. It was
3: was
2: the one of us thing that did it.
1: (laughs) Well, that's it. That's all I got. That was good. That was a good batch.
0: Um, mm-hmm. We love getting your messages, and you can do that at close the door and at gmail.com, com. Like and review us on iTunes, please. And I want to give a special shout-out to our patrons. We gained a couple more this past week, so it's just nice to know that the support <laughs> is out there and that we really do appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah, Upcoming episodes, Um, we did a season six trailer episode, and that is a Patreon exclusive, so that's up there. Um, We're going to be recording um, the RPG episode soon, another one, so if you have any devious um, plot twists to send to Wantkins. You can do that at uh, Wantkins at gmail.com. Or they could be nice. They don't have to be devious.
4: <laughs> no, I think they have to they be devious. They need to be nice. They, they need the to latest, be nice. Nice door goes out for
1: pie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, we would manage to turn that into a bloodbath. Ian yeah, <laughs> really. and Lot would kill someone who gave them the wrong flavor pie. We would, be naked. Pie. <laughs> we would be naked. God damn it! <laughs> Don't worry. It doesn't matter what you suggest. We'll we'll make it. You know.
0: We'll murder somebody.
2: <laughs> <laughs> These guys attacked someone for getting off a boat. I mean, <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, a he had a bowl cut. What do you? <laughs> I, they had to die. I got your back, Ian. That was reasonable.
0: Nice. <laughs> uh let's see. Um next episode, um, we're gonna be doing a recap and it's counting kind of a counting up towards season six. We're gonna cover the best and worst in our humble opinions of Game of Thrones seasons one to five. Mm-hmm. And we're joined with guests, Alex and John from Gotcast. Um, so we'll be looking forward to that. Um send in your maybe your favorite moments or worst moments from those seasons if you'd like and uh, that'll be it thanks for podcasting with us doxa yeah,
2: thank thanks. you so
3: much for having me again
0: oh, you guys are awesome you. Aww. no you're mm. awesome this i'm making this awkward now <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> <After> Out again. <laughs> uh, thank you all
0: have a good one bye guys night. bye, bye. Night.
1: good night, night.